What's up, everybody? This is Aaron the Man. You're listening to Stand in the Gap. We're actually recording this on Valentine's Day, February 14th. I know you guys are going to listen to this late, but I just wanted to to hop on with, with Richie and Scott and talk about love, talk about marriage, and talk about those things. Standinthegap.live is the website, is the platform where we have everything. Uh, we have our blogs, we have our locations. Um, we actually added a new section on there called resources. I want you guys to keep an eye on the resource section because as we get guest speakers, as we get connections, as we find amazing things that could help you in your everyday things, like, for example, we have one for website design. That's on there. We have another one for men. If you need to reach out and talk to somebody, that resource is there. Um, we also have a place for uh, business and entrepreneurs where people can get prey for their businesses. And so keep an eye on that resource tab. We're looking to fill in a lot more resources that could help you out in your everyday life as you stand in the gap with us. And so please consider being a Patreon supporter. It helps us out a lot. Uh, right now we're bootstrapping the whole thing. It's all out of pocket expenses. And so please, 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 please uh, pray and see if you could be a supporter and stand in the gap with us. And by the way, when you do support it, even though we have a need, and you know we're paying for it out of our own pockets. I'm not. We're not going to get paid back for it. Um, so the money you bring in is new and fresh. And also, in addition, a percentage of our money goes to the ministry. Some of the resources will be on that. But I, I know we've got three or four ministries that we're going to be sewing into as the as the income comes in. I know one of them is uh, Things Ransom out of Israel. So we, we support the Jew and the Gentile. Both. So we we have a heart for Israel. So we sow into Israel, um, you know, uh, and there are some other ones that are feed the homeless and rescue children and stuff like that. Yeah. Love 142 is, is another one that we're going to pour okay. into. Um, I'm going to have on our website, we're going to have a page uh, where we're going to list all the places that we're supporting uh, to. If you want to support directly to them, um, you can also do that as well. Yeah, and we're going to have on a future program, uh, Pastor Paul from uh, the main area. And so he's got a ministry where he's actually doing this stuff. He's actually uh, reading the Bible and believing it and doing what it says. Pure undefiled religion is is providing for the widows and orphans, and he provides. So we're going to be sowing into his ministry. And we're just going to jump right in. I'm going to open up in prayer, if that's okay with you guys. Uh -huh. All right. Father, we just thank you for this amazing day. Father, we thank you for love. And and love is this, Jesus. It says, there's no greater love than a man that lays his life down for a friend. And so, Father, as we are here on Valentine's Day, we just wanted to hop on and just give glory and honor uh, to Jesus and, and also to our wives, Lord Father. We thank you for our wives that you put in our life. And so, Father, we just thank you and we give you this time. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. Amen. So before we get into it, I do want to dedicate this show today um, to a, a close brother of mine that we lost. His name is Mandela Nalavu, and he's from South Africa. He ran a global internet radio station. He's actually one of the inspirations for me to start my podcast. It was broadcast, I think, in 70 plus countries, and he was going to run for uh, political office in his country. He really wanted to make systemic change, like a lot of us are wanting to do now, and beautiful worship. Honestly, one of the best worshipers. He's led worship many times for a gentleman that's famous in our stream, and that's uh, Surprise to Tolly. So he's a good friend of Surprise to Tolly's as well. So, Mandela, I know you're looking down at us, buddy. The history of Valentine's Day, a lot of people aren't aware of it. The Lord had me look it up back in 2020, and I had a bunch of miracles happen that day. And so what I did was I, on the job, on hospital urging primary care offices. So the Lord had me go in and share the story of Valentine. And so I'm going to share it because um, like, it didn't matter whether they believed in Jesus or not. They were going to get this message from me that day because the Lord told me to do it. So and it's amazing. Not one person gave negative. See, this, is this example, I had a business meeting earlier today because it's all about love. And I love people so much, but I love Jesus. And, and they said to me, and I had no idea their background. And the two guys that are starting this company at the end said, you know, it's so refreshing to hear somebody talk about Jesus up front. Hey, thank you. That's what they said to me. He said it was so refreshing because I'm pitching my what I do for a living to these guys, and I just had to be real with them. So I didn't give them the salvation. And even still, I wouldn't have given them the salvation message unless the Holy Spirit told me to. But, you know, we talk about the love of God. And so St. Valentine lived during Pax Romano, which I have a message about that. And what happened was the Roman Empire was losing their Pax Romano. They were losing... It was called the Golden Age of Roman Empire. The empire was expanding crazily, and they had tons of money. But now comes the church, and the church is expanding like crazy. And so Claudius, the leader of the Roman Empire, passed a law forbidding anyone to get married. So living in this anti-Christian and anti-marriage climate was Valentine. Valentine was a Christian priest in Rome. So yes, by the way, he was Catholic. Let me say that again. Yes, he was Catholic. He knew from the Bible that marriage was good and honored by God. He knew that marriage was lawful according to the Christian faith. So he took upon himself to perform Christian marriages contrary to the law. As a priest, he performed secret marriages for couples who desired to be married, bravely defying the anti-marriage edict. It wasn't just marriages that Valentine was working on. He was also trying to protect persecuted Christians who were being chased down and haunted by the aggressive Roman leaders. Christians knew that they could flee to Valentine to find protection. Valentine was taking a huge risk. Not only was it absolutely forbidden to marry or perform marriages, but it's also a criminal offense to aid or abet Christians, especially ones who the Roman Empire had on their inlet. Valentine was enmeshed in what the Roman Empire considered high treason and traitorous activity. Although he's being loyal to his faith, he was flying in the face of the Roman law. Now, I'm going to stop. What's the difference between Valentine and the people I've asked to put the remotes down and turn off their TVs? That's all I'm going to say. The Roman go government hunted him down and locked him up in prison. Now Valentine, protector of Christians and performer of marriages, was himself suffering for his love and devotion to God. It got worse. Valentine, true to his bold character, tried to... This is awesome. They convert Emperor Claudius to Christianity. And I'm going to say again, this was a Catholic priest. Hmm, interesting. Our Catholics say, 
I don't know. You ask Jesus, you you pharisaical people that pass judgment on other people. <clears throat> so anyway, this has gone too far. Claudius demanded that Valentine recant his faith and submit to the cruel and godless tyranny of Rome. Valentine staunchly refused. The Roman prefect condemned him to torture, not just death, torture and death. He was beaten violently, then beheaded. Valentine was martyred for his faith. So Peter was asked, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, by phileo. Phileo. So my question is, are people who are agape, are we asking them to turn the TV off and put the remote down? Mm. Agape is love in action. Finally, Peter had to admit. But see, this is the exciting thing. And, and Aaron talked about it. Reconciliation of marriage. And I'm keeping this all tied in. We're going to talk about reconciliation. But I'm a minister of reconciliation. So I'm not passing judgment on these people. I believe wholeheartedly they're going to wake up and smell the coffee. I believe it. I believe they're going to get sick and tired of Scott Whittier, Aaron Mann, and Richie Erico hitting them every week saying, put down the remote. I turn the TV off, put down the remote, and get out and do something. Be agape. Be love in action. See, it says no greater loves is the man lay down his life for another. So what does that look like? Now, men, do you lay your life down for your wife? Well, yeah, whenever she gets upset, I say, yes, honey, I'm sorry. No, I didn't ask that question. Do you lay down your life for your wife? Are you willing to conflict in the home where there needs to be conflict? Are you willing to be agape, love in action? What does love look like? Well, Jesus said love looks like me turning the tables over on the enemy. So if the enemy is attacking your family, get the discernment. Get the scales off your eyes, remove the scales, and see what's coming after you. It's not your wife. That's the problem. It's you. Why owe you? Because guess why? My wife is a mirror. My wife is a reflection looking right back at me. Yeah, so love in action, it's, it's amazing up here in, in Maine. Well, I don't know if people are feeling like a hollow place. There, there was this guy, his name was Kevin Farman. He passed away last year, uh, I believe it was sometime last year, but for years he was an anonymous person that was just referred to as the Valentine's Day Bandit. He would plaster like all over Maine with hearts, like particularly Portland would just have these hearts everywhere on just banners and flags and then it caught on and all these people would put hearts everywhere. So what's cool to see is it's carrying on, like he's passed away, but you everywhere you go, you see the hearts and it's just kind of an honor. And so here's this legacy of someone who just did something and it snowballed into something. And that's not, I'm not even talking about something that's motivated because my motivation is this. I was not a loving person. I did not have love in my heart. Um, as a matter of fact, I, like birds would sing and I'd get mad because it's like, what are you singing about? But some people, you know, they pat themselves in the back. But they're very, you know, they have a lot of human love. The source of my love was that while I was still yet a sinner, Jesus died for me. While I was one with a hammer in my hands, driving the nails myself, I was the one that, I mean, I used to mock Jesus. I used to make fun of Christians. I made fun of all of that. Even in the midst of that, what I found out is, is God was loving me 
even in that state. And he doesn't just say, love your enemies is a nice thing. That's what he, we were enemies of God. And, and if we're not, you know, that's, that's the, the craziest thing is if anybody looks at Jesus's message and gets mad, like check your heart, <laughs> like check your heart. Cause all he did was love people. All he did was, you know, the people that he got mad at and challenged were religious people that were, that weren't being loving. They were, they were saying all the right words, maybe, or some of the right words, but with hate, this whole thing, when, you know, again, going back to this man, I don't know where he was at with God, but I know that he did something and I, and God's constantly bringing that to the surface of what legacy are we leaving? What are we actually day in and day out? Am I treading water in this thing called life? Am I just buying time? We have one life to live. And, and it's, it's amazing to think like we have choices every day. And, and then there's no, this, this is to me that the biggest message lately is there's no it's never a lost cause. If you have today, you, you have today, like you, you have, if you're, if you're still sucking air, you still have a chance. Like it's, it's, there's always another chance. Hey, all up until now, that's all you've done is, is, is a pile of poop. Like, like, so what? Like just move forward. Uh, and so that's the thing. Love being motivated by love though. We first, we, I believe, you know, said some people, I'm, I'm kind of moved by this, but some people, they seem to be able to love even if they haven't, it seems like in, you know, like in their, they haven't received necessarily that much, love, but personally, I need to receive it if, in order for me to be able to give it. So it, I can never be reminded too much of the message. Jesus loves me. God loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so little ones to him belong. They are weak and he is strong. The problem is a lot of us like, I'm not weak. I don't need a crutch called Christianity. I don't need a crutch like God to help me. Well, here's the thing. It's our creator. It's a skewed thing that we were created by divine design, but we were created by a loving creator. And that's what is in this world is the, the, the assault and the war is against that picture. Like you say the word father to most people that think, think of the breakdown of that, the, the father, that's like, that's a really like hard word for a lot of people. But we, we don't even understand what a loving father looks like. So that's that's the star. You, you go back beyond that. What do children do if they're not byproducts of love? How many kids are, you know, we, we don't think it's a big deal, illegitimate children. But that child feels that. However that child is conceived, that's how they come into this world with that already over. If a child is conceived but is not in love, they're already battling things. They're already coming in such a lost place like because love is everything anybody can I, I believe most people can kind of if you've been on this earth long enough you start to realize that's love is universal and and we're trying to define it different ways but love is universal that's why i'm gonna touch that thing today like right now i i had to see what the big hype was about i didn't watch the super bowl i didn't you know but i hear everybody say like, he gets us and thank you jesus that he gets us and the whole thing about foot washing absolutely we need to wash each other's feet we need to be able to meet each other right where we're at. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree with that part. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's to what end? <laughs> Humanism wants to raise up a middle finger of God and say God doesn't matter. And we are the world. We are the children. We can't make a brighter day. We can't do it apart from God. He's the one that created everything. You can't talk about love. You can't get into love without going back to it first has to come from God. That's we have a, a vertical and a horizontal and that's the cross vertical, horizontal. Absolutely. Bravo. Um, so to answer Richie's question, 
his question was was people that have agape love are are they the ones that we're talking to uh with the remote i hope not because if they have the remote if they're so focused on themselves and they have that love but they're not using it that's sad and that's why we're here that's what our our hearts cry is that's why we're making this podcast is to find those people that have that love and i believe i honestly believe that the majority of the population of the world has that agape love in them and so our hearts and desire here is to say wake up grab what makes your heart come alive grab what brings that love for other people, for the people around you, and go share. I hate to make it sound a little like da-da-da, but go let your love shine. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and so that's our prayer, too. So you guys are hitting it from both angles, which is awesome. So let's take it where it starts. Does the person that turns the TV off and put the remote down, really know the author and finisher of our faith. Do they really know? Because in my Bible that I read in the Amplified Version, it says faith is activated, energized, and expressed by love. So, I ask a hard question. Now, I personally don't read the Old Testament. I'm not afraid to read it. Now, don't mince my words. But I don't read the Old Testament unless the Father sends me or the Holy Spirit. That's the only time I read it. And I don't read it other than through the eyes of Jesus Christ. Because you look at it, it's like, this is a pissed off God. And, and oh my God, look at all the rules. Look at all the regulations, and I can't live my life. I got to do all these weird things. I got to measure out a. I've got to measure out a temple. I've got to measure out an ark. I've got like really. That's what following Jesus is all about. Is I've got to measure out a freaking ark and have all my friends and family. Well, maybe he may tell you to do that, but long before he ever thinks about telling you to do that, is you've got to have his heart. And see, Scott talked about it, it's a father filter. And here's the trippy thing, Scott is God designed it that way. He designed that in our heart, there's a hole that no one can fill other than him. So no matter how great the father figure was, and we all try to be, you know, I'm, I'm not a dad. I, I am a dad, but not to physical children. My, my son's in, in, in heaven. I boarded him years ago, but I will have physical children down the road. But, but I have people that we have a relationship where I sow into their lives. And I'm never going to call myself a father in that sense. But what I'm saying is that as great as the greatest father is, there's always a hole that can only be filled by the heart of the father. So I'm talking about the remote. I keep hitting that, but let's go back. What do you do when you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the ground? What's the first thing you do? God is a jealous God. If you understand, if you just challenge him and say, you know what? Vinny's talking a foreign language to me today, or Richie's talking a foreign language to me today. But I'm going to do what he suggests. I suggest you ask, when you go to sleep tonight, you say, Father, reveal your love 
for me. And watch what happens. I can assure you it's totally different than you'd say. Because some of you, you're going to get smacked up high in the head with a freaking two by four that has nails in it. Right up with, you know how come? Because I had it happen to me. And I think it's the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Now, some of you may not have that happen. Some of you may have, get cuddled by him. Some of you may have a dream. Some of you may have, you know, a feel warm blanket. God is God. He knows exactly what he needs to do to reveal his love to you. Scott, you look like you're chopping up the big guy. Well, it's interesting. It was kind of a revelation coming. The Old Testament is really the father. Again, because we have such a broken filter of that. It, it says in Hebrews that our earthly fathers chastened us for their benefit, generally. It says, but God chases the ones he loves. He corrects the ones he loves. And so that we might be partakers of his holiness. That's for our benefit. That's been so misconstrued. Now we're in such a time where it's a bunch of flesh monsters running around because no one ever gets corrected. You can't correct anybody about anything. Like anything goes. So you have the father's heart in the Old Testament. And it looks like, yeah, he's, he's ticked off. He's that, but he's actually like trying to get them to, to fly right, you know, go straight. Like I, I'm, I'm learning that more and more as time goes on. And my son, that's, it's like, I just, that's all I want him to know is I, any correction hopefully is motivated by, I just want you to go the right way. I want you to be a straight arrow. I want you to reach the target, reach your destiny. Same thing as a, as a husband, love can be, you know, because again, the person with the remote, the narrative that you're watching is a worldly narrative. It's not really God's heart. When was the last time you saw a movie about an old couple that's been committed to one in a monogamous relationship for 60 years? They don't, they don't put that on. It's there's things that you realize like that's that will in this world that may seem boring. I've met old couples. They could just look at each other and there's more love in that one glance because they know each other and that. To, to be known. So we're, we're really also meant to be known by God. And that's our own choice. We have to bring ourselves before him. That's what I was being talked about before anything. What do, do I give him? Everybody's like 10% of your money. How about, how about like at least 10% of your time? And my thing is God a long time ago showed me, Hey, I could work. I could make lots of money. I could do all this stuff, or I could take my time. That's the most valuable thing I have on this planet. And I can give some time to God. And, and, and the more time you give to God, the more you, you really you build, it's, it's building it's something inside of you. So then from that pool, you know, it's like then, you know, I, I've been married twice. Uh, the first time I was married, I, I picked who I married. And that didn't go, that didn't go so well. Because <laughs> I, I made the choice. I, I made the, I picked it. And then, then what happened is God picked my second wife and it's, it's kind of like an unflattering thing to hear. You know, my wife said to me one time, you know, I probably wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have chosen you. I probably wouldn't have picked you. And I, I was like, well, if I would be honest, you know, like when I was motivated in wrong ways, I probably wouldn't have picked her. But a cool thing, a cool story is when I was in second grade, I had, I had dreams for about a month long about my wife, about my future wife. I was eight years old and I had dream after dream about my wife. And then I went to this, uh, this symphony in Portland with a, a class trip and I see this girl and we meet, we lock eyes, just a you know, 10 second thing. And I was overwhelmed with love. And I love that girl. And I'm eight years old and, uh, my wife and I are courting. And she said, did you go to Merrill auditorium when you were eight years old to a, 
symphony in, in Portland. It was her. It was my wife. Well, back when I was eight years old, there's countless times that we could have encountered each other. There's countless times where we could have met. This is my first marriage and my only marriage, but I was engaged before and had girls that I love, lowercase l. Okay. And then what, what, you, what you shared about your, your, your wife now and how when you gave it over to God and said, God, you choose. Arranged marriages are the best marriages. Okay. Uh, I'll, th I'll throw that out there. I actually know a couple from Canada, but they're an Indian couple and they were straight up arranged by their parents. And he courted and dated his wife for 15 minutes. And that's the only interaction that he had with his wife before they got married. And they have an awesome marriage counseling ministry now uh, where they rescued probably thousands of marriages from divorce. I know that without a shadow of doubt that I love my wife, big L. Okay. But that doesn't even uh, come close. And I, and I can't fathom this, but what I want to hear from Scott is the love that he had for his son. Cause that to me is probably the biggest, the biggest love when you have a child. And how was that Scott? How was that when your son came and let us know and uh, listeners know how you feel about that? Yeah, I got to give a backstory. I was told by two different doctors that I could never have kids because of drug use. And my wife um, currently to this day uh, still has endometriosis. So what that does is causes miscarriages. So basically between the two of us, but but that was that would have been a deal breaker for my wife if I wasn't willing to have kids. We I remember the conversation we had. And it's funny you were talking about the arranged marriage because we had our courtship was maybe I think we were boyfriend and girlfriend for about 30 minutes. And then I proposed to her. She knew like we were going to be married long before we were. It took me a lot longer. I was literally jaded and just waiting. And God broke in and, and showed me. And the minute he showed me, it's like, okay, this is once you know, you know, I, I'll never forget. We now we're courting. And she just had this It's like, a, it was such a deal breaker conversation where she's like, are you willing to have kids? I said, I'm absolutely willing to have kids. I just had it in my heart that I would never have kids because I was told I couldn't. And uh, so that was this backdrop. And then this guy who was a mentor uh, in my life, he showed up at our house and he looks at my wife and he just points right at her. He goes, you're going to be pregnant with a baby boy. And a week later, she was pregnant. What I believe is um, it's really hard to capture this but the prop, I could be talking to a bunch of people that have kids and their experience is totally different because you have to have the, the seedbed. You have to have the ground has to be fertile and prepared. And, and what this was is, is our son was the fruit of our love. It was such an outpouring of our love with each other. And, and it's the byproduct of us being, first of all, kind of clear before God and, and that set our marriage bed apart for the Lord and, and being with him and and is that the byproduct is when my son was born god flooded my heart with so much love 
I, I honestly had a really hard problem because of my relationship with my own father. It's like, how could, how could people be so broken and dysfunctional? But it's not recognizing that it's, it's what, what God had done in me. It's, I didn't conceive a son until I was 40 years old. I mean, and if before that, it would have been very detrimental to that child because I, was, I wasn't ready to be a father. The, the day that he was born, the overwhelming love, like, it's like, I, 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 there's so many things I'd never even understood about God until that happened. It's how much God actually, because that's like just a thimble full of what God feels towards us, or, or, or not even that, a speck of like, and it's, it's like, and then there's this whole pe- part that, that kind of locked in of like, that's where people are really missing this understanding about correction, because it, it's like, I just want my son to succeed. I want his life to, to matter. I want him to reach the goal, but I don't want to put my own things on him. I don't need to live vicariously through his life. Um, all my dreams and all my hopes and everything I've ever aspired to doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter in the least bit. What matters to me is, is, is it, I, I want that for my son more than I ever want that for myself. I don't know if that's what people are experiencing with children. My wife and I, and my wife, I could just say so much about my wife that she, she isn't basically like, she doesn't take a break from my son. He's six years old. And people are like, wow, you guys are overprotective. We don't take our eyes off our son. One of us has our eyes on our son at all times because that's the world we're in. I love him that much. It's like the statistics are too high. There's too much happening to kids behind closed doors. And when there's, it's like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> there's an agenda all around. It's like, we, we literally, like all, so I, this is the last thing I'll say with this is I would read the Bible and there's all kinds of people that would stand out to me as heroes. And I, I can honestly say, I never even thought of Mary and Joseph. I never even thought about Mary and Joseph. Never, never, never had a thought. Never would I like, glance right by them. And when the minute I became a father, it's like, those are my heroes in the Bible. Like they raised the son of God. They raised the son of God. Can you even imagine what God entrusted? Like that, how precious. And so what can be gleaned? from this. And that's why I was like, okay, so we touched on the Catholic thing a little bit. So yeah, I understand honoring Mary. I don't understand worshiping Mary, but I understand honoring Mary because God honored her. That's a huge deal. Now it's like, okay, how do I incorporate this as far as family? Because I don't have a lot of this to go on, you know, like godly family. All right. Where I'm talking to a, a, a whatever audience of people look around, where are your examples of godly family? I can honestly say I don't see a lot of example of true godly family. I see a lot of, you can have a lot of uh, Facebook profiles, you know, shiny, happy people. But I mean, how, how many people, did, and that was what, like lockdown, you were stuck with your loved ones. Because I can honestly say, hey, what an amazing year for my family. What a wonderful, beautiful gift from God, what that lockdown. But thank you, Jesus. Wow, thank you, God, because we got so close as a family unit. Because it's like, here's the thing, you either are annoyed by the people you live with and you're frustrated, or you get through to the other side. Love is the whole thing of our growth as far as maturity is being able to speak the truth in love, being able to talk about something that bothers you, but not with malice, but just, hey, can we come to a compromise here? Can we find a working thing here. I believe that's the biggest part of marriage and why marriages blow up is because we don't realize the work part of marriage. We just think of the frosting part of the cake, you know? Absolutely. 
Very well said, Scott. So again, it goes back to the love of the father. Okay, so first of all, the enemy hates us. Demons hate us because we are something that they're not. We are redeemable. They're yeah. reprobate. Go look that word up. Yeah. Easy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so go look it up. Google it. Reprobate. <laughs> they can't be redeemed. So they hate us. The enemy never creates anything. He can only counterfeit and pervert. So I'm going to challenge some of you right now. But the most biggest secular song that talks about love, as perverted as the words, you could take it and give it to me right now. And I could change. Now, some have to change more than others. But you change the words in that song. Like, how deep is your love? It's not a perverted song. It's by beach. I only had to change. God challenged me. Take one of your favorite love songs and go change it to me. And I did. And I blew my mind. He said, every single love song comes from me because every act of love, true act of love, comes from me. Because mm. the enemy can't create love. He can only pervert it. So knowing that, which you just said, the enemy systematically is against the family unit. I mean, we take it back to, to husband and wife. You talked about something tatamid to me that burns with, in me. You look at a woman's uh, genital area, and I hope there are no kids listening. Well, if there are kids listening, they shouldn't be. But anyway, um, genital area, and it mirrors. What does it mirror? Okay, the fomopium tubes are the cherubim that sit over the mercy seat. So when the penis comes in, it cuts the veil, it comes in, it comes into the holy of holies. Mm. So the marriage bed is actually sacred. The most highest, and I know this is challenging some of you, but ask God if I'm right or wrong. Don't give me your opinion. Don't give me your soulless answers. Ask the Holy Spirit if I'm right or wrong. But the most highest form of worship is husband and wife dedicating the marriage bed to the Lord inviting the Holy Spirit into the act of making love and worshiping as one. So you come out of that worship to God and you live your day. Yeah. The best times I like to make love to my wife is early morning. Because my whole day, I'm telling you right now, goes totally different. So now let's take it a notch. Coming with you with science, because... I don't want any of you to accuse Richie that he's just no, uh, heavily minded, no earthly good. It's actually heavy, heavily minded, earthly good, because unless your head's in heaven, you can't survive the crap that's down here. I guarantee you that. <laughs> anyway, here comes the science, right? So this, you talked about the illegitimate child. I'm going to talk about another child that my heart goes out to that's just as dysfunctional a family unit as the illegitimate child. There is scientific proof that the nuclear family, husband, wife, child, there's this actual chemical reaction that happens. More pheromones uh, are released. Certain things are released into the house. The pet becomes looking like the owners, and the owner, you ever see a pet that looks like, you know, 
I'll take it out of the family for a minute. But did you ever see a daughter like the par- the family looks like the daughter? Because guess what? Pheromones get released. That's what happens. That's what happens. So if you have a same-sex marriage, and I love homosexuals, but I'm talking science, I'm not talking Bible, I'm not talking, I'm talking about there's actually a chemical reaction that doesn't happen. It has to come mm-hmm. from a father and a mother into the family unit. Mm-hmm. Think about that. So it's when you come from the guise of what's going on in your life, and you talked about Mary and Joseph being the heroes that they raised God's son. Well, doesn't it say Jesus Christ was the first of many? Mm. So shouldn't you have that regard for your child like Scott Kipto? Shouldn't you make that out? The child's not number one over the wife. I, I see it happen all the time. I, when I go into somebody's house, that kid could be grabbing my leg. I don't even see him. I don't. You know who I say hello to first? The father, then the mother, mm-hmm. and the child. See, don't yeah. pick up on that. If you ever train a dog, if you ever talk to a dog trainer, they'll talk about the alpha, alpha dog in a pack. So, mm-hmm. so I, I'm saying that for a point. How do you treat your child? And some of you say, oh my God, Richie, you just, you know, I could see some of you crying right now. I'm not, I don't want to, don't, you can't reverse the clock. I can't reverse the clock. I killed my child, okay? What I'm saying is don't be guilty here. Just repent. Say, you know what, God, I'm going to start treating my, my gift from you, my blessing from you different. Am I going to be perfect? No. Scott, Scott, Scott didn't say perfection when he talked about. Not, that didn't come out of his lips. But he has the perfect God. So the more he leans and yields into the one who's perfect, the more he, better job he can do with his child. So this show about love, Aaron, thank you so much. I'm not, I'm not completely done yet. I have one more thing to talk on, but this is what is paramount. The message has to be love because there are people that will lay hands on the sick, they'll prophesy, tell demons, they'll do all the stuff, the stuff, the quote unquote stuff. But without love, it's, it's breath. Now, the only thing you talked about was that whole Super Bowl, and I didn't see the commercial, but... Who did Jesus wash their feet? His disciples. And if you look up the word word disciples, it's his discipline one. So I ain't going to wash the feet of a entitled snowflake. No way. I'm not going to do it. You know why? I'm going to wash the feet of disciples. I'm going to wash the feet. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm going to love those people. But what is love? I'm going to wash the feet. So this this pseudo-Christianity mumbles, humanitarian snake comes in. And I didn't see the commercial, but I sure hope they talked about repentance. I sure hope they talked about believing in the Son of Man, that he's the only true Son of God. I hope that was the message in it, was that Jesus Christ is the only way to eternity. Because if it wasn't, that $14 million went out the window. Now, God can take it. Now, don't misunderstand me. God can take it and, and make something happen with it. So I'm not going to say God, it's not beyond God because God speaks through the jawbone of a jack, jackass named, named Richie Rich. <laughs> he speaks through the jaw. I'm a jawbone of a jackass. 
not even the jackass from the drawing of it. So anyway, what I'm saying is that that's what love looks like. Mm. Yeah. So so the commercial is uh, it was it's a bunch of different people, and I think it's like unlikely people washing other and unlikely people feet, and the only thing it. The only reference to Jesus is Jesus gets us. It's it's cool that you didn't see it and you hit on the humanitarian piece. It's like when we make Jesus, in, in, like he says, we shall have no uh, in, engraven images. And what happens, the, the biggest problem I see is people make Jesus into an engraven image. And you don't even think you can do that. But what the, the issue like Moses, the children of Israel, the issue with that whole thing, you know, when they made a golden calf, it wasn't that they made a golden calf. The issue why God, why it infuriated God is because they pointed to the golden calf and said, this is Yahweh. They, they, they literally said, this is Yahweh. And yeah, it's a great message. I want to remember to wash people's feet and serve people, but it's not ecumenical where I take Jesus out of it. And now I am Jesus. That's, that's antichrist. Like we still, I will always worship Jesus externally because he sits on a throne right now. He's alive and he's sitting on a throne and he's the king of kings. And you can't bypass that with a, with a Jesus of your own making. That's a false Jesus where he's just high-fiving your sin. He doesn't. He's not high-fiving and winking at your sin. Trust me. You can think that if that helps you to maybe like sleep at night, that's your thing. But I would challenge that and say, or you could just have real peace or you could just be whole again you could be you know your pain could be healed and taken uh the last thing i like i gotta go back to the thing with um the fruit like children are the fruit of love and and so that whole thing is without that there's something majorly missing so like we go through life and again it's like i used to walk down the street and i'd see someone and i'd just say at one point i'd just say you look lost and the and i i can't tell you how many people would like start crying go i am like without our creator, without the love of our creator, we are lost. Without the love of the father, we are lost. We, that, that it's not, it's not a judgment. Like you're lost, you lost sinner. I mean, I'm sure people have heard that it's you're lost. Like here, there's a way out of, you can, you can be found, you can be whole. And, and then, so that's, that's literally the heart behind this is we want to, and I'm, I'm still on that pursuit. I'm still the, the thing about perfection. Yeah. I'm, I'm still growing. There's times where you know, like it, it's challenging as a father. There's times where it's like, okay, my son's doing a behavior and I want him to know that he's loved, but I want his behavior to change. Like, because it, because that behavior is detrimental to him more than anything. It's annoying to me the most, but it's for him. And that's the connection we don't see with God is that because there's a thing where we become calloused and we're making judgments of God and saying, how could he be so cruel? Why did he choose blood sacrifice? Because it's innocence. It's about innocent. Who, you know, people like think that they can be innocent, but there's not. Children are innocent. Children come into this world innocent. And that that's an overwhelming thing. When you look at a child and you realize this is a blank slate and I'm about to start writing on it. <laughs> this is a blank slate from God. And I'm about to write something on this slate. And then I'm going to, it's going to mirror back what I, what I wrote, what I modeled. That's a challenging thing when you, oh, the, and when my son was born, I'm going to be honest, God, God answers prayers when we need them, not when we want them. I prayed for things a long time back that I didn't get answers on 
And I was kind of given up and mad at God in some places. And then my son comes along. And you know what it forced me to do? It forced me to get reinvested in this world. Because I already was like, I was checked out. I'm like, I was watching TV and escaping. And I was just like, I don't want to have anything to do with it. I don't care about people. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to, I don't, I just want to check out. Cause, but with the minute my son's born, it's like, how could I hand over him? Like, how could I not fight for his future? That's, I, I apparently, that's what someone was telling me is that an infidel, you know, to, to the loving Muslim out there, an infidel is a hypocrite. It says in the word that someone who doesn't provide for his family is worse than an infidel. That's a crazy thing to realize you're going to give an account to God for what you, what did you do with that? <laughs> how did you steward your family? How the husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. I, <laughs> I fail that every day, people. I am, I am trying to perpetually, I'm trying to draw from God every day because if you really get what that's saying, that's a major, how could I ever love, I love my wife as much as Christ loved the church? Because he, we don't understand how much he loves his church, how much he loves his people. What that is a goal that's so insurmountable that you need, you should be crying out for grace every day. You should be crying out. That that should put you on your knees and just say, God, oh God, I can't. And I'm thankful that's the posture I'm coming from with that. And I, I could say, my wife hopefully would say, she's seen an enormous amount of improvement over 10 years. She's seen a lot of changes. You said when your son was born, he was born as a blank sheet that you were going to write on. Mm. Okay. I'm going to bring in... Because this is what we do at Stand of the Gap. We we talk about controversial stuff and we talk about religion. We talk about politics. We talk about other things. I want to bring in politics into this real quick. Okay. Every four years, there is a new child born. And the president is the one that's holding the pen. Now, if a president is says, I want to be president because I want the power to push my agenda, and that's what we see a lot, right? We see a lot of presidents coming in and putting their agendas and saying, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this, and it's all uh, power motivated. What they choose to write is how that newborn child is raised. Mm. Now, if a president comes in and says, I want to be president because I love America, because I love the people and I want to see them raised up the right way. And I believe that's what we had when we had Donald Trump come in because he wasn't, a politician, he was a businessman that loved America, that wanted to see them raised up properly. And so I think if a president's major thing isn't uh, led by love, uh, then there's a huge, huge problem. There's a, a presidential candidate that we know someone that's going to be running for office, that there's three criteria that they were shown about a president that are required. And, and one was that they could not be bought. I would take it a step further. It's not so much the president holds the pen, but there's the whole, 
you know, and this isn't conspiracy. There's the reality is the people behind the the the, the man with the pen, and what <laughs> disrupted the world so much was <laughs> Donald Trump wasn't kowtowing to agendas. He was he was leading because he couldn't be bought. Whatever fault people want to find, that's you know, in, in politics, the only way we're going to see something change is that it, 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 it this thing comes out from under that corrupt system where you have a whole you have a whole hierarchy over the president dictating the president's just the puppet. Generally, what I saw was Donald Trump wasn't a puppet. That's what made people upset. They're like, "Give us our puppet back!" Like, no, I don't want a puppet that's carrying out a Luciferian agenda, and uh. I'm going to say this one. Someone may have seen this meme. It's, it'd be worth seeing. It's it's just pretty challenging. Joe Biden looks at the devil and says, how I'm doing? And the devil says, great. <laughs> That's the truth. So you have, like, here we are, and we, we're actually wanting to see something. Like I said, a while ago, I was asleep. I was checked out. I didn't care. I was hope deferred. I was totally lost. And what it was is that God gave a gift of an innocent child. Now I have to be invested. or And that's what the love that came into my heart did, is it woke me up. Yeah, so um, so Scott, you know, you're, you're right. What it is is that we do know a candidate. And I just want to, you're, you're definitely right. I just want to make one little tweak on what you said. It, it's not God's president so much. It's God's candidate because God's candidate doesn't always win. Okay, so he pointed out to me the three markings of God's candidate. And we have a mutual friend that we've met, and he's got these markings. And, and it's amazing. It's exciting because if he, if he didn't have these markings, I would not pay attention to this candidate at all. And the three markings is number one, you can't be bought. Number two, they have a heart of David. They love God in the capacity that they love God. They love God. And number three, is they um, they love their life not into death. They're not afraid to die. And so that's probably, you know, not probably, God said, that's the deal sealer for me. He says, I know I have my candidate when that happens. He went back in history and he told me who his, and I thought it was going to be a lot more, but it's not. So we got George Washington. We got, and I'm going to jump around here, Abraham Lincoln. We got James Madison. We got uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Don't don't get mad at me if there are Democrats on this. God's not Jesus was not a Democrat. He's not a Republican. He's righteous. Okay. Now watch this. We got an infidel on the list, and probably some of these other guys were infidel. But John F. Kennedy was God's candidate. He was God's candidate. Believe it. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, people. Um, Ronald Reagan, Harry S. Truman, William Howard Taft, uh, Ronald Reagan. And Donald J. Trump. And if our friend wins, he'll be the next God's candidate if he wins. There's nothing guaranteed because there's so many variables in this world. So the thing is, is that Donald Trump years ago was interviewed on a talk show. I forget if it was, it wasn't Mike Waltz, it was some woman years ago. And it wasn't Oprah, it was somebody that I recognized. And at the end, she said to him, you know, Donald, you know, and I, I'm paraphrasing this, so I don't remember the exact clip. But but to Donald, uh, why don't you run president? And I think he initially said, "Why why would I? I'm enjoying my life." Something along that. So no, seriously, why why would he goes? Well, you know what? I really don't want to, but if I have to, 
I will. So what happened was a bunch of billionaires sitting around. I won't mention names because as soon as I do, people have opinions about these people. And they and there are some conspiracy theories nuts out there. So some of these people that sat at the table they think are of Satan. They're not of Satan. So they're sitting around this table, a bunch of billionaires, and they're all talking. And they're like, man, we need to take this country back. And said, Donald, will you, will you do it? And he said, you know what? My family's worth it. Our families are worth it. We need to take this country back. And I'm going to put my hat in the ring. And that's what happened. So he's living the scripture. Now, he may not even be aware of the scripture, but he's living that scripture. No greater love does Donald Trump have than he lays his life down for 380 million friends and counting. That's what he's doing. And see, you could throw all the stones you want at the guy. Yes, I wish sometimes he had a muzzle. People are going to say, Richie, you don't speak like a Christian. Well, I was going to be stronger, but I'm just going to say I love him. That's what I say in response to that. I love him. So the thing is, is that none of us are perfect. None of us live in glass houses. None of us are. But I see a man who can't be bought, talking about Donald J. Trump, who loves God and loves his life not until death. He's not afraid to die. See, Kennedy was God's candidate, and that's why they wiped him out. He took on... They're all Luciferian, from one of the biggest Luciferian organizations out there called the Federal Reserve. Interesting. Abraham Lincoln did the same thing. He printed a, 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 a government note. So do you think there's a correlation, or am I a conspiracy theorist? Why do we bow down to a godless Lucifer? These people believe that I'm going there. I'm sorry. I, I don't care. If Apton pulls me, so what? So be it. So they believe that Lucifer is Jesus' brother. He's a fellow God. Are you, are you that insane? Are you that taken over by an evil entity that you think Lucifer is Jesus' brother and we should worship him? Really? And isn't it interesting, I, talk, I didn't expect to tie these two together, but isn't it interesting that their symbol is a phallic symbol? It's a penis without the holy of holy. Isn't that interesting? And the, mm. the markings of a Luciferian is the thing. Caligula was a Luciferian. One of the popes, mm. and I forget what pope it was, a certain pope that would have orgies on top of a mountain and cause the congregation would have to climb up to the mountain and he determined after they confessed him whether he, he'd absolved their sins or not. After the So the markings, Hitler definitely was a pedophile. I have no doubt about it. It's the markings, it's homosexuality, it's 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 just animalistic. I'm sure there's bestiality that goes on that people want to bet to protect these figures for some strange reason. But there is just a it it. It's evil based, it's, it's animalistic based, based this at best. It's demonic in reality. It's the antithesis of love. So if somebody's not motivated by love, guess what they're motivated by? It automatically happens. Sorry, folks. I'll call spade a spade. It, it, it automatically happens. 
If you're not motivated by love, you're motivated by the other one. That's it. Mm -hmm. You can't serve two masters. Exactly. Exactly. And the people that you were talking about that are this Luciferian kind of led group, they're the anti-love. Like Richie said, the devil doesn't create things. He counterfeits it. Okay. And so if it's not love and, and, and it's crazy, I'm going to go there. I'm sorry. The homosexual view, that's not love. That's a counterfeit. That's a fake. And you, you might, you might say, oh, love is love. No, love is not love. God is love. Loving your neighbor, going down to the street and finding the the mom that's struggling and you say, uh, add her bill onto mine at the grocery store. That's love. The thing that really struck me one time is the spirit of homosexuality has an accent. It talks with a lisp. Like, how is it that every, every it doesn't matter where in the world, every homosexual man decided it was, a, we needed to talk with a lisp here. It has it's it's also this thing of this is just a revelation I'm sharing and I'm not I'm talking about the spirit realm now I'm not talking about people the the spirit realm is all judged all the all all the fallen things are judged already Jesus didn't come to judge the world he came that we could be saved at any point we can we can get out from under that and we can be saved <laughs> we can be free but the the rainbow was a covenant that God gave to Noah. And the covenant was, I will never destroy the earth again with a flood. So what I see is when the homosexual community is holding up the rainbow, it's like that the, the spirit of homosexuality giving God the middle finger. And they're literally saying, no, 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 you can't touch us. You're, you're locked in at what you already promised. And so that's the issue is that, that making this out to be God created me this way. No, it's a lie. God did not create me that way. It's a spirit. I like the guy, Ruben Stutter from Survivor years ago, a, a, a blue collar guy. I mean, everybody, it was one of his fav favorite guys on Survivor. Like he had such a huge fan base because they actually put somebody from Americana from the deep in the Midwest, a, a true blue American, which makes up a lot of this country. And he was put in an environment with homosexuals. And all he said was, I don't want to get into a big conversation. But he says, like a car has parts, and each of those parts has a function in a car. So he said, if I'm given a set of parts, and they fit into another part, and they serve a purpose, then that's the way God created me. Mm -hmm. So just from a, a perspective of the body parts so you as the homosexual shut down the very genitalia that your body carry and so it's rooted in hate i'll go farther than you did scott it's actually rooted in hate they hate mm. they be uh lesbians hate males dads and uh homosexual men hate mothers now i know i almost became one Mm. I almost became one. And I hated my mother for years. I hated her. 
didn't before she died, didn't once I became a Christian. But previous to that, I almost became one. So I, I see, I'm not talking out of school here. I, I understand. And, and any of your homosexuals, I know you're going to be upset. You're going to write. I just, I, I love you. I love you enough to say to the truth. How many medications do you take to sleep at night? How many medications do you take to modify your body? How many medications do you take? That's why I asked the question. So you don't live a whole peaceful life like we do. Am I saying I'm better than you? No, do not say that. I am not better than you because I just admitted that I almost chose your lifestyle. But there by the grace of God go I. Because if I chose your lifestyle, I'd have to take medication. I have to lie to myself on a daily basis. I have to get loud. Like how proud of it. If I wave that pride flag, what a great organization to be proud to be affiliated with. The founder of my organization urinated on the death of a senator or whatever assemblyman in California to intimidate him. That You want to associate with that? That's exciting to you? You want to associate yourself with a senator freak and his Whatever that word was, I don't even remember. What was it? Remind me of the word that, that is the thin homosexual. I think it's a twink. So him, him and the twink did a porn on. You want to associate yourself with that? Mm. And say it's okay? Wow. My wife says this all the time. I love the way she said that. My, my wife's uh, brilliant. Wow. How? 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 And see, let's let's take it a step further. Let's take it a step further. I love what you said. This is awesome. <laughs> so, how come there are people that have removed their balls to put a vagina in place, and people who modified their vagina, extended their clitoris to become a penis, live asexual right now once they meet Jesus? How come I know no one that Jesus that all of a sudden becomes perverted? I'll call it what it is. I, I, I know no one who meets Jesus that does that. But I know many people that I don't know them personally, but I've heard countless stories where they meet Jesus and they become asexual. Yeah. So how does that happen? You scratch your head. So now we're going to bury that article. We're going to bury the science I talked about before with the chemical reaction. By the way, if that chemical from the father is missing, that whole, that whole environment is dysfunctional. The wife doesn't benefit from the chemicals of the father and vice versa. The, the, the father doesn't benefit from the chemicals of the, from a scientific point of view. I hope we proved our case here. Not that we had a case tonight, but I guess the Lord did. So from a scientific NA, a theological perspective, it don't add up to anything. Mm -hmm. Once, uh, you know, it was it was something the Holy Spirit spoke to me as a new Christian. Is he he used language I understood? He said, "You remember Looney Tunes, son?" And I I thought back to Looney Tunes, and he showed me Bugs Bunny, and Bugs Bunny would sit there with his carrot, and he'd say. Oh, yeah, I bet you won't cross that line. Oh, yeah, I bet you won't cross that line. 
And whoever it was, Yosem, I mean, or Elmer Fudd, whoever, Yosemite Sam, they'd go off the cliff. And that's, that's exactly what the enemy does with sin. And once we cross that line, now we're in a deception and we look back and we're like, we, we look back and we don't see, we see through a different lens now. That's how perversion works. You just become, you, you become over time. You, it's like your, your, your callous desensitized. And then you, you're, you're fighting your case. Because I lived in San Francisco two and a half years, moved out there from Maine. I was, I was like a little guppy in a shark pond. All the women I met, oh, and there's like two thirds of the men were gay. So I was a commodity as a heterosexual male. It's like w women were like sharks out there. And, and I was in the big leagues and I got chewed up and spit out. And I got to where I, I didn't like women at all. I was not liking women. I was not liking what they did to my emotions and, and all that. And then I had, I had that homosexual agenda around me. And, and what the Lord revealed to me is if I didn't have certain things in me as far as personal conviction, oh yeah, I definitely would have been in that lifestyle. It was out of being jaded and broken and, um, and hurting. Well, if I had crossed that line, I'd probably look back and point my finger at, at Christians and say, stop judging me. There's, it, because there, again, it's, it's something, now you're living in a world that's its, its own world. It's, it, you, have a, you have your convictions, your core values, everything are based on your world that you're in. It, but it doesn't make it right. That's the biggest argument. Okay, so then you go to the next stage where you have people out of that pool. Somebody's going to say, well, I like, you know, six-year-old kids. And then it's like, well, do what feels right. And then it's like, where's the standard? It just goes away. There's no standard. It's gone. And uh, that's where we're going. That's where the, that's why the guy in Denmark married his cat. Yeah. Guy out. married the founder of the homosexual movement urinating on the desk, and you want to follow that? Well, I want to tell you about the founder of what we believe, Amen. and his name is Jesus Christ. And you know what he did? He did it urinate on a desk. <laughs> okay? What he did was he gave his life. He hung himself on a tree gave his life for you and me mm. and that's the kind of person that i want to follow and that's the person mm. that i am following so i just wanted to throw that out there like which one would you rather have right. somebody that is so full of pride and so mm. full of themselves that they feel like they have to do something to prove a point. Mm. When Jesus was like, you know what? All I have to do is lay my life down for them. Mm. Like, I would rather follow that. I would rather follow that. Let's look at the founder in the, you know, he talked about the spiritual realm, our founder that we follow. Well, let's, let's look at the founder of America, George Washington. Mm. Let's look ahead. Now, he wasn't perfect. I know people are going to just throw mud at me, but I don't care. He's lucky. God told me he was one of the Spanish. The dude, his jacket is in the Smithsonian Institution, the museum, riddled with bullets, bullets all throughout it. How did that mm. happen? How did that happen? How was he protected? How was he protected? He had angelic encounters. It's, it's, it's documented. He had encounters with angels. So there's the divinity that we deny in this country 
because the intellectual mindset, for some reason, I mean, the, the Kool-Aid that the average American drinks is the fact that they desensitize themselves. They don't think for themselves. And I talked about the ham bone the other day, and I won't repeat that. I was on another show. You can go listen to the first show, the, the first wake up. I talked about the handball thing. So, so, you know, we have to start thinking for ourselves. And, and, yeah, I want to, I want to go back to the homosexual. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. We're not pointing a finger and throwing a stone. We're not blaming you. So you got to understand, go back, listen to the early part of the program, you know, calm down a little, take a Xanax and just lift it. What we said was, we said that in all of us, there's a hole God created that can only be filled by him. So you hate your dad because he didn't fill that hole. You hate your mom because she didn't fill that hole. But really, it's not their fault. They were taken over by demons. They were influenced by demons. They weren't. The attack of the family will take it back and just say love does conquer all and love wit. But it's not this false pseudo-socialistic humanistic towards proof that masks itself as love. Do you realize if your eyes were, I'm going for it, we're seven-dimensional human beings, that's right. And so you, if God was to open your eyes, you want a dangerous prayer, people that are listening to this call, do what I made a mistake of doing the other few days ago. I said, God, open my eyes to the spirit realm. Holy mackerel. I wish I could recant that prayer because, man, what I saw was just, wow. 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 So the, what math itself is love is this ugly B.I. thing with nails and red eyes. Hollywood can't do it justice. Can't do it justice. They can't. They can't draw a figure like this, and that's what's marking itself as love. So I love you, person that has a hole in your heart. Fill it. You know how you fill it? You repent. You turn your mind and say, "God, I'm a sinner. I don't want to sin anymore. I want you to save me. I want to save. I want to go to heaven. I want to. I want to live like these. These guys said they're not better than me, and I." I believe they're right. They're, they're, you know, they, they're not better. They're not perfect, but they live a different life. My life experience is completely different. If I gave myself over to homosexuality, I'd be taken in the butt right now and not happy. I'll be real with you. It's not a, a kid's show. It's not a kid. I never confess, you know, stand in the gap to be a kid's show. It's not a bad thing where we can't speak real. We can't speak at the street level. I'd be taken in the butt and I'd not be happy. That's it. That's, that's, you know, read Donovan and Gore in the Bible, you know, as much as Donovan removed that from the Bible, I'll put it back in. You know what I'm saying? Read Sodom and Gomorrah. Read what a sodomite is. What does a sodomite do? They committed sodom, sodomy. So I want to tell you something, Scott, you missed the Looney Tunes revelation. You got part of it, but here's the other part. That's where the list comes from. My name is El- Elmo J. Fudd. I help rescue rabbit. That's where it comes from. It's totally, that's where the list comes from. I help rescue rabbit.
Wow. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Um, I, I, I do have, uh, a couple of homosexual friends and, and I gotta say that all the ones that I know are either sad or angry or frustrated. They don't have peace. Like uh, Richie said, how do you sleep at night? If you don't have peace, if you don't have joy, it's it's crazy because the counterfeit, I want to talk about the counterfeit real quick. I I know this is going a lot longer than we wanted to, but um, the word gay used to be, used to mean happy. How crazy is that it's turned into meaning a homosexual that they're not happy? Because the enemy's hijacked. Hijacked the rainbow. Hijacked yep. the word gay. Yep. Hijacked love. Yep. Hijacked it all. The enemy is hijacked. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just a hijacking. It's my prayer for any homosexuals that have hung in this far with us. There are resources out there. We're going to post it on our website. So go to spanofthegap.live and we're going to actually put substance beyond this is not just an ideological conversation we had tonight. We're not going to just leave you hanging. So there'll be some resources on our website where you can get in touch with uh, organizations that help people like yourself get out of the lifestyle. Yeah, I, I also just want to, as a child of God, as a, a member of the body of Christ, I, I want to identify with that, even the things that, because I don't believe what we're saying is what you've heard you know, there's a message that, that doesn't, it, it's, if, if I just wield truth without the love, it's, it's very painful and hurts. And I just want to repent on behalf of, um, the community that should be helping you is, is been wielding, uh, has been wielding, you know, like, like just been cutting you and, and cutting you with truth. And, and I want to repent on behalf of that. And I'm really sorry that you didn't experience acceptance and love and, um, and, and Lord, I ask that you would build a bridge for some people today, Lord, that they would feel love right now, that they would feel acceptance right now, that there's none righteous, no, not one. We're not, we're not throwing, we have no stones to throw. The three of us have no stones to throw. And um, we're just, we're conveying truth, but coming from a heart of, it's, it's, it's humbly coming from a heart of, uh, by the grace of God, they're glad, I mean, except for the grace of God. If, if it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't be where I am. And, and, and the, the grace of God is God is, is not a respecter of persons. What I'll do for one, I'll do for the other. And he wants to reach people. That's the whole point. So again, that I just wanted to add that it, it hurts my heart that people have encountered hatred and I get why there's an anger and a rage towards anything religion, um, especially those that have been molested by priests. And, and obviously that's opens up another whole thing of that was someone that was, that was supposed to be, uh, representing God and, and the, the enemy used them, uh, to cause, cause great damage. And, and so that just know that our hearts are not, um, where we feel that that's a very solemn, that's a very deep thing. And, and so just putting that out there, that's, you know, where, where can you go and who can you trust? Well, it's, you know, it's just our prayer that you find, you know, whether it's you, you can reach out to stand in the gap, but it's also, 
that God just puts those people in your path, that, you know, whether it's here or somewhere else that you can have that road out. And also, I want to say here at Stand in the Gap, regardless of where you are in your life, we love you. Uh, whether you're straight, homosexual, I'm going to go here too. If If you're on death row for a heinous crime, we love you. We love you. Um, we're not always okay with the the decisions that people make or the decision, even the decisions that we make. But I just want to say here at Stand the Gap, and and this is how the church should be. This is how the church should be, where we love one another. In the Bible, it says, "This is how you'll know that they're my disciples." And this is what Jesus was saying that they would have love one for another. Mm. And I want to say to everybody that's on, we love you and we're praying for you. And we're, we want you to have peace. We want you to have joy. We want you to have the abundant life. And I'm not saying that, um, that Christianity is, is, uh, I got to be careful here uh, that Christianity, you know, you can still have a great life, you know, regardless of what religion you are, but you have to ask yourself, okay, is the way I'm living my life now bringing me joy, bringing me peace, bringing me hope. We're wrapping up now folks. And you know, I'll turn it over to Aaron and Scott to, to say their final thoughts. So, I'm getting a sense that there's at least one person that gave his heart. It was it's him. It's a homosexual male that hung in there left to the end of the program. At least one. There, there's no. There's actually several. So thank you, Jesus, that it, that even happened. That's a miracle in my perception. So any of you that are that hurting and go to the resources and and that you turn around and we we watch on our show. We want we want to hear your story. And also on those lines, there may be somebody who's hung in that adamant and vehement against us. Call us, reach out to us. We'd love to have you on our show. Prove us wrong. Go ahead. Come on. Prove us wrong. Please do. I, I welcome you. I'm not going to yell at you. You may yell at me and that's okay. You can yell all you want. But we'll wait for the yelling to come down and we'll talk. Let's just talk. Let's have dialogue. Let's not, let's not separate. Let's unify. I'll, I'll move them to the top of our guest list. We have our point of view, and that's the reason why we have guests. That's the reason why we have guest speakers, because we want to hear other people's point of view. And so if that's you and you want to talk about this with us, um, I'll move you to the top of the list. And then, so, uh, you know, I'll just uh, turn it over to Scott, his final words, and then I'll come back up. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, so for, for those of you that were touched by the Holy Spirit, um, just want to pray into some things because you're, you're starting a new journey and you're on a new, a new path. God says, uh, um, he says, behold, I make all things new. Um, you're a new creation, a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And uh, so father, right now, I thank you for those that, that you're, that you've just, your, your word has gone out, Lord. And, and you've, and you've, you've touched people or we, we just, Lord, we ask right now that you would break chains in their life. We ask right now that you would 
orchestrate yes. what he's orchestrated yes. about the freedom, yes. the true freedom, the freedom, the heart cry has been for freedom. Yeah. Father, we, we just thank you right now. We ring the freedom bell right now. We ring yes. the freedom bell. Thank you to you. You said whom the sun sets free is free indeed. God, I thank you that yes. you break chains right now. I thank you that you pour out fire right now from heaven. God, I thank you that you said that some of the some of the, the biggest world changers, some of the, the, the people that would influence the most change in the world would be coming out of the homosexual community because there is they, there is a voice, Lord. That, and I thank you that you give them a voice, Lord, that they've seen some things, they've experienced some things. And Father, I thank you that you turn all things together for the good. You work all things together for the good. So Father, I thank you that you're working on their behalf. Lord, you, there's, there's those that have been, they've felt like they've been at war with God. They've felt like they've been at war with God. And, they, and then the Lord wants you to know the war is over. The war is over. Now you're going to begin to see me fight on your behalf. You're going to begin to see, uh, because, because you haven't been the enemy, the enemy of your soul has been the enemy. You've just been identified with the enemy. Father, I thank you that you're, you're taking people, you're taking people out of a false identity and you're putting them into their true identity, which is, and I thank you that you say, just like you said to Jesus, you said, behold, my son, my daughter, whom I'm well pleased. Father, thank you for the spirit of adoption coming right now. Thank you for the spirit of adoption, true acceptance. And Father, we, we already thank you that you're, you're orchestrating wherever they are. God, you're, you're gonna, they're going to be meeting people. They're going to be connecting to people. They're, you're going to put them in, in fellowship. You're going you're gonna to connect them with people, send people their way. God, and I thank you that you confirm your word with signs falling. God, every word, Lord, any word that's been spoken, Lord, that, that isn't you, it falls to the ground. But any word that's been spoken by you, you confirm it with signs falling. Father, I thank you for those that 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 will they'll be coming out. And, I, and Lord, I ask right now for the for anybody that's had an operation. God, we we believe it's not beyond you to turn them turn them back. Lord, turn them yes. back now. And thank create a miracle, create a miracle, create miracles right now. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Add to that that prayer, Father, I just thank you for this Valentine's Day. I thank you. Father, I thank you for my wife. Wow. Father, it says in the Bible that a man that finds a wife finds a good thing. Um, and, and I want to end this um, with, with saying thank you, Lord, uh, for bringing my wife into my life and into uh, this, almost into this chaos that, that I have in my life. Uh, cause she really brought love in when she came. And so father, I just thank you for that. Father, I pray for the, the people that are listening. If you're having a problem in your marriage, Lord, father, I pray that the, the presence of the Lord, the love of God would just mm. attack the enemy that's coming against your marriage. Father, we just pray peace and your shalom over marriages right now. Father, because that, that is your heart. That is your heart. Father, right there, we thank you. So on the air, I say, uh, Deanna, Maria, man, I love you. Wow. Brilliant, Swanapa, Rich, I love you. I love you. I love you, Kimberly Whittier. So... This has been a special show. They're all special, but I really believe God's up to something. 
and he's up to reconcile his family. That's what he's about. He's always into the family. And so, um, yeah, so next week, same time, same bad station, six o'clock Tuesday, East Coast of America from three undisclosed locations. We'll be coming at you with Stand the Gap Live. We've got some great programs coming down the road, some power pack. You know, I won't even mention the guests that we have planned, but let your friends know about it. Share. Love you all. The best is yet to come. Remember that. <laughs>